a Radio 191 FM podcast. Right now I am joined by Associate Professor Craig Marshall from the Biochemistry Department here at Otago University. Morena, good morning to you. Morena. How are we today? Very well, thank you. Very good, very good. At the end of last year, a Chinese researcher came out, uh, not exactly a chemist, but he came out and he said, I have um, genetically modified embryos, essentially. He did. He was a, he's a physicist by yeah. training, yeah. and two children were born, um, which who have been modified, yeah. and that has created some concerns. Oh, one would imagine, especially I mean, it seems like it was very rogue. Yeah, it does. Um, this is new technology, at least new technology in the use of for humans. Yeah. Um, and there are some pretty good guidelines that would sort of direct you into the kinds of things that you ought to be thinking about, and he seems to have ignored most of those. <laughs> Now, the technique used was CRISPR, yep. and that's been around for a little while now. It has. Well, I suppose it's been around for billions of years, but we it was discovered relatively recently, and it was a Nobel Prize winning um, discovery in, in the last year or two. Um, CRISPR is actually something from bacteria. It's a way that bacteria use to protect themselves against um, viruses, primarily. Mm-hmm. So they effectively gene edit the viruses that infect them. Um, which is pretty cl- it's pretty clever, and of course, as a tool, it has great potential if you want to do anything involving genetic material. Yeah, yeah. So essentially, I mean, it could well like what this doctor has done. Yes, he's used it to make uh, these babies. Um, uh, they can't get HIV essentially. Well, <laughs> that's a long. It's quite a way from what he's done to that proof. So, so what he's what he's done is he's altered a gene called CRR, which has been associated with resistance to HIV. Mm. Now, the reason he chose to do that was because the father of these children had HIV, was HIV positive. Um, and apparently, according to my reading, that there's a significant social stigma in China about that. There's probably true in a lot of places. Yes. To having said that, HIV is now relatively well controlled in most cases. And there are ways of avoiding transmission from the father to offspring, actually from the mother to the offspring as well. So it's a problem that probably... What he's provided is an uncertain... Um, mechanism against a problem that had other solutions. Yeah, yeah, and it could come to the point where they may not have had it anyway. So you don't know whether or not this has worked. That, no, you don't. Well, we, we don't know that this change. And and what's sort of worse in a way is that there are a lot of variations known in this gene, and some of those variations are associated with reduced incidence of HIV. Mm. He attempted to introduce one of those variations, but because of the way he did it, because he probably didn't take enough advice, <laughs> he he effectively randomly changed this gene. Yeah. So, so it's kind of worse than than it seems. Yeah, so he's put a blindfold on and he's just shooting. Sort of, yeah, head. and it's unclear what role, you know, this gene has other roles. Yeah. We don't fully understand what those roles are, and so, of course, changing the gene in the first place is problematic until you have a reasonably good dis- understanding of that mm-hmm. but randomly changing the genus is, is kind of the it's the lowest possible way of achieving this effect yes so. and i guess that's part of uh, the battle when it comes to using this technique or other techniques on gene editing is we yes. could don't fully understand the genes that we are editing yeah. in the first place that's i think is probably the major issue 
Um, I mean, there are other questions about you know whether you what what are called on-target effects. So that's that's where you do make the change and you don't know what the outcome is. The other big risks is what, what are called off-target effects, where the human genome is very large, yeah. or any genome is usually pretty large. You're only targeting a very small part of it. What happens if your if your approach misses the gene you're interested in and goes somewhere else? Yeah. Now the evidence is with with some of the newer t- approaches to this is that you you don't get many off-target effects. So it really does focus you on the question of what is it that you're changing and what could you reasonably expect to happen if you do change it? Yeah. <laughs> Which he doesn't seem to have thought through. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But I mean, I guess with any of this, you don't really know it's worked until you know it hasn't worked, right? Yeah, and it, it is, and especially for something like HIV infection, because of course there are other ways of getting HIV than from your father. Yeah. I mean, there are, it, it, it's, it's an infectious disease. You could catch it from other methods. And if you don't get it, that doesn't prove that you're immune to it. It may just pr- suggest that you were never exposed to it. Yeah. So it's not the kind of obvious thing to choose. Um, other diseases that are, so, so something like Duchenne muscular dystrophy, for example, which, which it, it, it has a slightly different genetic arrangement, but if you've got the gene, you will almost certainly get the disease, and the disease is quite devastating. So that would be a better choice if you were looking to, to, to do this sort of testing, yeah. where the outcome for the patient is almost certainly an unpleasant death and where you would be able to tell whether you'd made a difference. Yeah, so you essentially need to start working on people that um, no matter what, if they're exposed from their parents, they're going to get whatever... I think so. I mean, and I think given it's experimental, you'd really be looking for cases where not doing something had a pretty severe outcome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, you know... Because it is experimental. Where where are we going with this? I remember a couple of years ago there was someone in the states threatening to do something like this yeah. with CRISPR. I think it was with CRISPR. Yes. Um, you know, and of course it's against the government regulations. He was another rogue scientist. Yeah. Um, so there can't be that many nations in the world that are really going to let you tamper with this too much. Well, I think at the moment there aren't actually any regulations about it. It's new enough. For the so <laughs> so it falls into that kind of grey area that it, there's no rule against doing it, yeah. But there's no proper protocol for doing it. So if you look at other things like IVF, for example, as a comparable kind of thing when it was introduced, it was an experimental approach, test tube babies, and now what what forty years since they were first first appeared, mm. um, there are pretty good guidelines about what you should and shouldn't do there. At the time it was done, there weren't. But the Bob Edwards who did that work was much more careful about talking to people who had an interest and making sure that they thought about the ethical problems and they thought about the practical problems and they also thought about the issues about what about the children who are born of this what kinds of rights to privacy do they have yeah yeah and of course i mean people are going to look on um this guy's work with with high interest and see what really does happen but i I would imagine he's also probably being shunned from the science community as well yeah well it's hard to say but it sounds like he kind of operated outside of that mainstream anyway because, mm. I mean, one of the things about communities is that they often bring the mores with them and if you're in the community, it's communicated to you. If you if you step outside of it, you miss those things. Yeah. I, mean, that, 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 I mean, communities have their pluses and their minuses, but that's definitely one of the pluses. What do you think he was trying to get out of this, doing this? Was it a Nobel Prize or just seeing what he could do? It It sounds from what I've read that I don't know that he was sort of thinking so much about a Nobel, but he had 
I think he genuinely, it sounds as though he genuinely wanted to make a difference. And he genuinely thought that, that, that he, apparently Bob Edwards' work with IVF was sort of, the, he was the hero, he was the model that he was using. He saw that that had made a big difference to a lot of people, yeah. as it has. Yeah, of course. Um, and he thought that he could do something similar. Um, and and that he so that I think in this in a kind of funny way he probably wanted a certain amount of fame and fortune but I think he genuinely wanted to make a difference. But I'm only guessing though because yeah. I don't never met him so I. That, but that, I like that though. That's nice. Uh, <laughs> is do you know if he's still employed by the university? It sounds as though things are not going well for him. <laughs> um, and I mean that brings it raises some interesting questions in its own right. So he doesn't. It seems that in China he may well have missed doing some of the ethical things that he should have done yeah you might also ask the question how he could have been doing this for so long without them knowing and uh, yeah, there's a certain amount of ass covering i think going on there where people kind of didn't pay enough attention and now realize that they should have been yeah yeah um all right i mean how um how advanced are we with the, the CRISPR technique and you know where where are we using it now uh, it's, it's it's widely used experimentally. Yeah. Um, are we using it on like sheep to create um, better meat? There is people are thinking about doing that. Um, that's hard because the the whole program, if you like, that turns into a sheep is quite complicated. Yeah. And so it's you know you if you take one bit and change it, you don't necessarily get what you expect to get. Um, but that's certainly what people are looking at. Um, there's a lot of interest in plants because it's a way of altering the... It's so you're not introducing new DNA into the plants or into anything. Yeah. You're simply modifying what's already there. You're changing what's already there. And usually changing it in a way so you specifically make that change, which you've probably observed somewhere else, and you know that this locus is associated with resistance to this disease. Yeah. If we could introduce this into the plant, we could make this variant of it which has got other characteristics that we like yeah resistant to that disease so there's work being done in that area and there we see uh, companies like monsanto owning the patent on more seeds and therefore well yeah i mean I think, again that's where it comes back to that what context do you do this work in yeah um the technical part of it's very interesting but the the social part of it is probably more important yeah yeah indeed indeed or um is there anyone in new zealand experimenting with this technique a lot of people use CRISPR. Uh, none of them, to my knowledge, are using it in anything quite like this. Um, work being done on plants to some extent, I think, or at least associated with it. But um, it still remains, I think it's still in the grey area in terms of ethical ethical approvals about whether you should do it or not. Are you doing it? No, I don't. <laughs> it's too complicated for me. But there are plenty of people that do yeah, yeah. at Otago. So. Oh, is that right? Well, I have to find these people, track yeah. them down. Um, well, I mean, it's it's amazing. It's 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 so interesting. I mean, where we are advancing and developing into, and I guess that comes up with all the, that's where you get these ethical issues yes. from, but we're playing God, I guess. If you do. Yeah. I mean, it, it is also interesting, though, and the bacteria have been doing this for a long yeah. time, and it turns out that almost, it seems that almost every strain of bacteria has their own variant of it. Um, and, and so understanding how that influences the way that bacteria adapt to their environment is really interesting. So we've got a, a pretty good model, and you could argue, I suppose, from that, that is pretty good evidence that it's not going to be a problem because it's it's all yeah. around us yeah. all the time. Yeah, but if anyone's going to screw it up, it's humans. You have that great capacity, don't <laughs> they? <laughs> hey, thank you for coming in this morning. It's a pleasure. It's been a pleasure.
That was a Radio 1 91 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.